Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Carpe Diem. C is the day and we have a great show for you today. It's December 2015 and one of the most popular articles in the news, not surprisingly, is about football. What is surprising is that it's also about a father and an organization that supports families of children born with congenital heart defects or CHDs. Carolina Panther Greg Olson has been nominated for the National Football League Man of the Year Award. Greg Olson's son was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, and he and his wife created the Hardest Yard Fund to provide families of children with congenital heart defects services to make the transition from the hospital to home easier. Congenital heart defects are the number one birth defect, but it's a statistic that is not widely known outside the CHD community. Thanks to people like Greg Olson, congenital heart defects are garnering more attention. All of that's happening here in the United States. What about children in other countries who are born with congenital heart defects? What services are available for them? How can children in other countries that don't have the same sophisticated health care that we have in the U.S. survive? We'll gain the answers to these questions and more in today's show. Today's show is Seizing the Day with Rachel Wright of Heart Gift. Rachel Wright has served as the Executive Director for Heart Gift Houston for more than two years. In that time, she has worked directly with 10 congenital heart defect patients traveling from seven different countries. Each of these patients has a CHD that cannot be repaired in their home country. It is her privilege to walk beside these mothers and children as they travel many miles for a healed heart. Rachel is also a mother of three children of her own. As a result, charities that serve parents and children are very near to her heart. Rachel's father was born with a congenital heart defect and underwent open-heart surgery at the age of 11 in 1959. Working with HeartGift and journeying with families through the process of mending children's hearts has opened a window for her of the incredible journey that her grandmother experienced having a young child with congenital heart defects in the 1950s. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I so enjoyed meeting you in Houston at the Adult Congenital Heart Association regional event, but I had no idea that your father had a congenital heart defect. So can you tell us what his heart defect was and where he had his first surgery? Sure. My father was diagnosed with Tetralogy of Fallot as an infant, 
and he was able to have life-saving heart surgery at the University of Michigan in 1959. So it was a pretty new surgery when he was able to have that. Right. It's amazing that he made it 11 years. Yes, and he has not had a second repair to his original tetralogy repair, just the one. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. I sometimes don't believe it myself. <laughs> yeah. Now that you know so much more about because you had a heart defects, I imagine it is a little bit surprising, isn't it? Yes. Are you an only child, Rachel? I'm not. I have two older sisters. And are all of you, you and your sisters, heart healthy? Yes. No one else in the family has a heart defect other than my dad. That's just amazing. And that he had three healthy daughters. And is he still alive today? He is. He's 67 years old, and he's still going, still playing golf. Great. And maybe he's listening to you on the radio today. <laughs> Probably. I'm sure your mom and dad are going to want to tune into this. Do they have a computer? They do. They do have a computer. Okay. So we'll make sure that they get a chance to listen. I'm sure they'll be proud of you. And surprised that you are, so many years later, helping people like your father. Yes. It's really amazing to now have that connection with him that I never knew I would have by working yeah. with heart patients on a regular basis. Yeah, that's really amazing. Have any of the children that you've helped had Tetralogy of Fallot? Yes. In fact, the majority of the children that I've helped have had Tetralogy. That's wow. the number one repair that we do with Heart Gift in the city of Houston. Wow. I had no idea that that was the most common heart defect that is repaired with Heart Gift for Houston area anyway. That's really interesting. Well, Rachel, you said that you're the mother of three. And you didn't mention that any of them had a heart defect. I know your sisters don't have one, and you don't have one. How about your children? None of my children have a heart defect. They were all born very healthy, and it was never really a concern of mine. My father's heart disease was not something we talked a lot about growing up, and so I didn't worry about it until now that I know so much more than I did in the years before about CHD and what that really means. So you didn't have genetic testing or you weren't considered a high-risk pregnancy? No, not at all. Well, that's great and that everybody turned out just fine, so it doesn't look like it's hereditary in your family anyway. And so what a relief that must be, especially since you see that this is the most common birth defect is congenital heart yes. defect. Yes, our theme this season, Rachel, is Carpe Diem, Seizing the Day. And I'm wondering how you feel your family, especially as you were growing up, seized the day. And I'm also wondering if you think the fact that your father had a heart defect might have influenced the way he seized the day. Yes, I love this question. It's really wonderful because growing up, my parents were missionaries and my father later became a pastor. And a big part of their life and what they instilled in myself and my sisters was that God has a purpose for everyone's life, that God has a purpose for your life. And I know that my father felt very strongly about that. 
and very strongly that God had a purpose for his life. And I'm sure the heart surgery and everything he went through as a child influenced that very strong belief. Mm -hmm. So they were missionaries. Does that mean that they traveled outside the United States? No, they did not. Many missionaries do. They, however, were what's known as domestic missionaries. So they ran mission organizations right here in the United States. So it sounds to me that his passion, being a missionary, is one of the ways that he seized the day. Is there anything special as a family that you all did to seize the day, to make the most of any particular day? Not Not specifically. My family traveled every year. That was something that was very important to my parents is that we traveled every year and we saw things outside of the small place and space in which we lived. And so that was a big part of our life growing up. Yeah, I love to travel. My family spends a lot of time traveling, too. That's one of our favorite pastimes. And I think that is a way to seize the day. We love to go places, especially historical places, or a place that's of high interest and see what it's all about. Like we've been to New York City, and we took in a play on Broadway, and we went to Italy and got to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa and Pompeii. And all of those things are great ways to seize the day, don't you think? Yes, very much. Well, Rachel, we need to take a quick commercial break, but don't leave yet, because coming up next, we're going to talk to Rachel about the nonprofit organization Heart Gift Houston and how she feels that working with them has helped her to seize the day. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm John Montez of NBC's hit acapella show, The Sing-Off. In acapella music, it takes a team to create a sound that many will enjoy, just like it'll take a team to help my good friend Miles Schweitzer, an HLHS survivor. Let's help Miles fulfill his dream and make a big enough sound to bring awareness to congenital heart disease. Please visit him at GoFundMe.com backwards slash The Miles Project. Miles with the Y. Again, that's GoFundMe.com The Miles Project. This is for Miles. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is Seizing the Day with Rachel Wright. Rachel is a heart daughter, and she works with Heart Gift Houston, a nonprofit organization that provides life-saving heart surgery to children from birth to 14 years of age from around the world where specialized care is either scarce or non-existent. And we've been talking to Rachel about what seizing the day means to her as a daughter of a father born with Tetralogy of Fallot and what she did to seize the day growing up. And we found out that we have in common that we both love to travel, but Rachel, I was just completely fascinated by the display that you had for Heart Gift at the Regional Adult Congenital Heart Association meeting in Houston. I loved all the photos of the children who have been saved. It was just so touching. So can you tell us a little bit more about Heart Gift? 
Sure. HeartGift started in Austin in 2000, and since that time, HeartGift has opened more chapters. HeartGift now has chapters in Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, and New Orleans. And since 2000, HeartGift has provided more than 270 surgeries for children coming from 33 different countries from around the world. So it's really an amazing feat when you know all the work that goes into each little case that we are able to bring over and each patient that we bring. I work specifically in Houston with the Houston chapter, and we partner with Children's Memorial Herman Hospital and UT Physicians to serve six patients annually from different countries from around the world. We have a little boy who's recovering from heart surgery. He had heart surgery on Tuesday, and it was a tetralogy of flow repair that he had done, and he's doing great. Oh, that's wonderful. How old is he? He's five years old, and he's from Uganda, Africa. His name is Stephen. Oh, from Uganda. So he's traveled quite a way from home. Do you think he'll be able to make it back home in time for Christmas? Oh, he won't. He won't be able to make it back in time for Christmas. He's scheduled to return home on January 4th. But I know his host family, his host mom and dad, are going to make sure he has a very special Christmas, I'm sure. Tell us more about the host parents or the host families. And if any of our listeners are interested in doing that, can you tell us what they would need to do? Sure. What host families are needed for sometimes vary from patient to patient. Sometimes if we don't have a translator traveling with the patient, we may need a family that speaks a specific language to match the parent and caregiver. However, the main thing that we need from host families is willingness to open their home to medical travelers for four to six weeks. We like them to have an extra bedroom and bathroom in their home for the mother and child and an even more extra room if there is a translator involved in the case. And they really just love them and make sure they have meals to eat and just treat them like they would someone in their family. And then just stay up to date on the patient's care, like the medications the patient needs to be taking and whatever restrictions may happen after surgery. So do you usually have heart families that are host families too since they know the routine? In my experience with HeartGift, I've only had one heart mom also serve as a host mom, and she, of course, did a fabulous job and had so much empathy for the mother of the child having surgery, but I don't necessarily find that, but we also have had some heart moms, while they couldn't host, they served as encouragers and mentors to mom, giving her a lot of moral support. That's wonderful. That's a true mission in and of itself, isn't it? Yes, very much. Well, having worked with people from disadvantaged countries whose children could very well die without these life-saving surgeries must affect the way you live yourself. How has working with HeartGift affected how you see today and how you live your life? Well, there's a few things that I do a little more of now that I work for HeartGift. One of those is kind of funny. I wash my hands a lot more than I used to because I'm around patients who are going to be having heart surgery. I also hug my children a little tighter when I get home, and I'm just so grateful that they're happy and healthy. And I also pray a lot more. People sometimes ask, well, how do you get the patient here? 
how do you keep them healthy before surgery? And I just say, we just pray for them. (laughs) And I really got to witness a lot of little miracles in the last two and a half years. I agree. Being in a hospital setting or being involved with children who are having to go to the hospital, I find I pray a lot more too. And I was raised Catholic, so I will frequently light a candle and say a prayer while I light a candle. It does make us more appreciative for what we do have and for the good health that we are so lucky to have and the good health care that we have in this country. Don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think sometimes we take advantage of the accessibility that we have to health care and to amazing physicians and hospitals here in our own backyard. And that's very evident when you work with families and you hear about the experiences that they've already had on their heart journey. And it's just so wonderful to be able to intervene and be a positive part of that story. Yeah, you get to be an angel for a little while. (laughs) Those doctors and nurses, I'm sure they're a godsend to all of those families. If somebody were interested in being a host family, how would they go about letting you know, Rachel? The best way to do that would be to go to our website at heartgift.org and There's a list of all the chapters and the contact information for those. And the best way would be to contact the chapter director that you're closest to if you're close to one of the cities where HeartGift has chapters. Contact the director in that area, whether it's myself or one of my lovely colleagues, and let them know that you're interested and they would be able to meet with you or speak with you over the phone and express to you the cases that they have coming and the needs that they have for the coming months. That's perfect. And I'm sure that HeartGift can use help other than just people being host families. What other ways could people get involved with HeartGift? Absolutely. We utilize volunteers of all kinds, people who are comfortable in a hospital environment who might visit with mom and encourage mom, people who have specific language skills that can help translate at different events or different appointments, even people who are willing to bring a meal over to a host home just to help alleviate the great responsibility of being a host parent or maybe taking a child on an outing just to kind of give them something to do and some fun, positive experiences outside of doctor's appointments and hospital stays. Those are all great things that people can do. In addition to that, each heart gift surgery costs the organization about $25,000. And so raising money is also a big part of being able to serve these children. So every gift matters. And if you don't have time to give, but you have some extra resources, those are appreciated as well. And folks can go right to the website, heartgift.org, and click the Donate button. Perfect, perfect. Well, that has all been helpful information, and I love all the different ways from volunteering your time to making a home-cooked meal to maybe taking a child out to the park or to do something fun so that the whole experience is not just about the surgery. I love that. I think that's great. And also to be a support to the moms who come along, too. This has got to be so frightening for all of them. But let's take a quick commercial break. We will come back and talk to Rachel about the biggest obstacle she's had to deal with, with heart gift, working to save children's lives and other ways that we can get involved with her nonprofit. We'll be right back after this commercial. 
Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today. Hi, I'm John Montez of NBC's hit a cappella show, The Sing-Off. In a cappella music, it takes a team to create a sound that many will enjoy, just like it'll take a team to help my good friend Miles Schweitzer, an HLHS survivor. Let's help Miles fulfill his dream and make a big enough sound to bring awareness to congenital heart disease. Please visit him at gofundme.com backwards slash the Miles Project. Miles with the Y. Again, that's gofundme.com the Miles Project. This is for Miles. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is Seizing the Day with Rachel Wright, a heart daughter, the mother of some daughters herself, which is really wonderful. And her dad was born with Tetralogy of Fallot in the 1950s. So he is one of the pioneers. And as a missionary, he instilled in Rachel the need to give back to others. And she certainly has done that through the organization that she's an executive director of, and that's called Heart Gift. It's a really wonderful organization that brings children from disadvantaged countries over to the United States and provides life-saving surgery for them. We just finished talking with Rachel about how her father living with a congenital heart defect influenced his life and how having children of her own who are heart healthy has made Rachel appreciate her good health and the health care that we have here in the United States and how fortunate she is to be able to provide free health care to families who don't have that available in their own country. So we only have a couple of minutes left, but Rachel, I'm intrigued by Heart Gift's mission, and I'm sure it's gratifying to help so many people by giving them these life-saving surgeries, but I'm sure that there have been obstacles that you've had to overcome in order to provide this service. So what is the biggest obstacle you have faced in trying to help people through Heart Gift? I've faced that there's a few different challenges. One of the obstacles that we have sometimes as an organization is being able to receive clear echocardiograms from folks in other countries. So we're always looking for groups who do screening of heart patients overseas that can help provide great medical documents that can be reviewed by our medical selection teams here. Also, sometimes the visa process is a big challenge for us and needing to navigate through that so that the mother and child or caregiver and child can enter the United States for this surgery. And probably the last thing that I wouldn't say is necessarily a huge challenge, it usually turns more into a funny story than a challenge, but our language and cultural barriers. When you're bringing patients over, sometimes they speak rare languages. Not everybody speaks Spanish or or English or one of the common languages. A lot of times they may speak a tribal language. And 
we just love all our caregivers and kids and all our volunteers, and we just all sometimes muddle through together to make it the most positive experience possible. I am sure that is a huge challenge. What kind of cultural challenges have you faced? And are you starting to put together a little booklet? When people come from this country, I need to remember X, Y, or Z. I have not put together a little booklet, but I actually think that's a great idea. Right now, it's all up in my head, but I probably should get some of those things written down. We have had challenges with food. We've had some cultural challenges, some cultural differences with breastfeeding in public, for example, may be very different in one culture than it is here in our culture here in the United States. And so we don't ever want to embarrass our caregivers, but we also want them to feel confident and comfortable here as our guest in the United States. So we just work around it and try to make it fun instead of embarrassing. <laughs> well, I'm sure they appreciate that. And I'm sure for many, if not all of these people, this is the first time for them to come to the United States. So they probably don't have any clue what is culturally acceptable over here versus their own country. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Many of our families have never been on an airplane. Some of them even have very little experience with automobiles. Most of our infants and toddlers have never ridden in a car seat before the first time they drive home from the airport in the United States. So that can sometimes present a challenge because the baby becomes frightened when taken away from the mother and put into a car seat. So there's a lot of things that one might not think about before um, going through the experience. <laughs> I'm sure. It sounds like you've had a crash course in multiculturalism. <laughs> yes. You never know what's around the corner. <laughs> well, most nonprofits always need more funds. And we already talked about how it's $25,000 for a life-saving surgery. I'm just stunned that it's only that much because I'm sure – $25,000 just barely covers the bare essentials. And it, some of these kids can have longer stays in the ICU, which would make it seem much more expensive. So I imagine the hospital is giving a price break to the nonprofit in order to provide these surgeries. But let's say once again how people can donate. And do you have gifts and kind donations that you accept too? Or are there other ways that people can donate? Sure, absolutely. HeartGift often utilizes quite a few gift-in-kind partnerships, and you don't necessarily have to be a doctor to provide those gift-in-kind partnerships, even though we're very reliant on our hospitals and medical partners to keep our work going. But we also sometimes need things like international phone cards or something that's a great gift-in-kind to HeartGift. Every once in a while, if you look up your local heart gift chapter on social media, once in a while you'll see maybe we need an infant car seat to borrow or we need a stroller for a specific patient. Periodic items come up like that from time to time. We also provide each caregiver and child with a welcome kit. That's just some basic essentials they may have or they may not have. But this way, if we can provide those in advance, we try to eliminate mom maybe feeling embarrassed about not having things that are very common to us here in the United States. Would that be like clothing, like like toothbrushes, toothpaste, shampoo, things of that nature? Nice socks for the hospital so that she doesn't have bare feet because she maybe only has sandals or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, those are all great ideas. We're heading into the Christmas season, and so this is a great time of giving. This show actually is airing right before Christmas, so any of you who feel the need or the desire to give back, and especially to give to a family that really is probably feeling so outside their comfort zone, I think this is a great organization that can give. It sounds like from something as inexpensive as a pair of socks or a toothbrush or toothpaste all the way up to however much money you would like to donate to help provide those surgeries, any and all of that seems to be welcome. Am I right, Rachel? Absolutely, absolutely. We're a very grassroots organization and very community-minded, and so we appreciate anything folks can do for Heart Gift and what help that they can give. Well, I just love having found out about this, and I love all the photos that were shared at the Houston Regional Event and on the website. The website's actually very colorful. I recommend all of you go out there. It's very easy to find. It's just heartgift.org, heartgift.org, and you can find even more information. If you'd like to volunteer, you can volunteer or make a donation. So thanks for coming on the show today, Rachel, and for sharing your personal story of dealing with a congenital heart defect and also how you help as the Executive Director of HeartGift. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed my time. It was a lot of fun. Well, that concludes this show, this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time. Until then, please find and like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com and our Cafe Press Boutique. Follow our radio show on Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week. 